Welcome to Setting the Standard Podcast. Two American history teachers trying to figure out standardized grading, the ups and downs and everything in between. Hosted by award-winning educators Jared Mills and Danielle Gillespie, who have over 40 years of shared classroom experience. Welcome to episode number two of Setting the Standard. I'm Jared Mills here with Danielle Gillespie. Enjoying our June. June. What's a highlight from your June so far, Danielle? Well, that pool that I got going in my backyard, we've been swimming in it almost every day since they put it in. Uh, it's been quite fun and I feel like I'm on vacation. As we shoot this podcast, your daughter and my daughter are both in that pool right now. Swimming, yes. I keep going yeah. and looking at them and counting their heads to make sure that they are. And I, I think that I'm getting my money's worth already. Speaking of my daughter, she actually won an award at swimming. Nice. Yeah, which reminds me, did you hear about the scarecrow who won an award? No. He was outstanding in his field. Mr. They, they, oh, they can't see yeah. your eye roll. I am totally eye rolling they, my eyes. We're at a podcast. They can't see that. True. For all my friends out there, I teach with Mr. Mills. Um, but gosh, forever we've been teaching, and we often open the wall and teach two classes together. And he likes to start classes off with a bad joke, and I usually roll my eyes. They just never get any better. That's, they, I think the eighth grade students often request the joke I just shared. That is probably the number one request. Um, the scarecrow outstanding in his field joke. No, no. I really am rolling my eyes. I just told him uh, when he got here that his wife is probably finding excuses for him to come over and do podcasts with me so she doesn't have to deal with him this summer. She kept asking when I was going to leave and I said, it's not till two. And it was eight o'clock in the morning. She said, you can get there early. I said, they might not even be awake yet. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mrs. Mills. I'm, so. I'm, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Thank she, you. She sent me for a run and then other errands, but, but we're here now and we're excited to talk about our book that I we're am. looking at. We are. Um, we told you last podcast in the vision, and I guess we could call this the introduction to the book podcast, uh, that we were going to be reading a book and kind of discussing our thoughts with you um, about standard-based learning. And the book that we're reading this summer is called A Teacher's Guide to Standards-Based Learning. And it's by, uh, forgive me now in advance if I screw up these authors' names, and I hope that they understand that I really do find them and hold them in high regard, but they have hard last names like Tammy Heffelbauer and Jane Hogue and Philip Warwick and Jeff Flygar. I, I keep thinking of him as like Fly Guy from the, the book series Fly Guy. We read all those, but it's Flygar. And we're going to be talking about Jeff Flygar's letter that he writes in the introduction Definitely. later on in our podcast today. I'm excited. It's I'm excited. Good. We got it's some good. good stuff. We're just we're starting with that first introduction and just kind of getting into some terminology that we'll probably be using throughout the rest of these podcasts. So I'm looking forward to talking with you about what your thoughts are so far, Mr. Mills, and moving forward. And this book is from 2019. I, I like that it's more recent. Yep. A lot of the statistics and data and information that they share is more recent. And it was recommended by a good friend of ours yes. and an esteemed colleague, Megan Walker. Who was our gifted specialist uh, at Liberty Middle School for quite some time with us. Now she's got her own, back in her own classroom at Olentangy High School teaching art again. And she's a, a true treasure to Olentangy's community. Um, she really pushed Mr. Mills and I. And I keep calling him Mr. Mills because that's kind of what happens in our classroom. Yeah, so okay. Jared or, or Mr. Mills. But um, Megan really pushed Jared and I to 
to keep thinking outside the box when it came to teaching and how we deliver lessons. So she gave us this book last year. We ended up in a pandemic um, and we had to adjust our entire way of teaching. So this kind of got set on the shelf until this summer. And, and I'm really excited now because the this teacher's guide to standards-based learning looks at setting goals and tracking students' progress, uh, using standard-based grading and assessments to better measure student learning, um, and being able to adapt learning for our exceptional learners, like English learners as a second language, or English as a second language, students with special needs, and our gifted populations. Um, so, Mr. Mills, anything else you would add? I think it's time to dig into point number one. Point number one. Three main points that we pulled from the introduction of a teacher's guide to standard-based learning. And point number one that we want to spend a couple minutes discussing is that standard-based learning um, is different than standard-based grading. You know, standard-based learning encourages students to track their progress and it must be taught with intentionality. And this is something we've been progress progressing towards, Danielle, over the last number of years. I would totally agree with you on that one. Um, and I think that's where we've kind of run into a little bit of trouble is that we've made all these great uh, great strides in changing the way that we teach kids. You know, bo both you and I started 20 some years ago into teaching and it was a lot of PowerPoints and memorize this fact and write these notes down. Yeah. And, and over the last couple of years, we have really moved away from pounding the kids with content and working more on skills and being able to take that content and turn it into learning and, and not having the right way to assess our students. Uh, that we still are giving tests that don't assess the skills, just, it's a, I'm sorry, assess the ability for our kids to memorize. And that's not the type of teacher you and I are. So we don't have that unit of measurement that we really want yet for kids. And I think that if we start moving towards that standard-based grading with the learning, we're going to have a lot more growth from our students. And the intentionality piece is important as well, mm -hmm. involving the students in the understanding and development of that target is so different than, as you mentioned, 20 years ago. And I think it was Megan Walker who we referenced earlier in our podcast that said, instead of being the sage on the stage, what's mm -hmm. the remainder of that? We need to be the guide on the side. The guide on the side. There we go. Yeah. And that was something that you've repeated a number of times. Like these students, they need to develop skills to go out in this 21st century world. Right. And by focusing on the learning process mm -hmm. instead of saying here's your study guide we have a test in two weeks and then they study for two hours at 11 p.m the night before and find a way to earn that a and what did they really get from that that's not the life skills we want to be teaching mm -hmm. so teaching standard-based learning with intentionality and then understanding how that standard-based learning develops into that standardized standard-based grading and then with the students part of that process mm -hmm. not us directing and them just following along. Yeah, I totally, totally, totally agree. Totally. We're on the same page. Let's go. All right. Uh, As we continue through the introduction, we took notes separately. Yeah, we did. And one of the things when we met to discuss what we read, the first thing that we mentioned was that content is a vehicle to develop standards. So expand upon that, Danielle. Um, both you and I have have 
as we've said, changed our teaching styles, especially since we've gotten together and done all the collaborating that we've done, going away from being the sage on the stage to the guide on the side. Um, we haven't ever taken the content out of what we're doing. We have purposely put the content to the forefront with it being the vehicle to teach the skills that we want to teach in our mm -hmm. classrooms. Um, for the longest time, we saw content as the only thing that we needed to teach in yes. our classrooms that with memorization true. being right there at the forefront. Now we are, when we take the step back from being that sage on the stage and letting the kids do their own work, it's going in and becoming learners and driving their own learner learning. We still use the content, but it makes it's, what drives their learning and we provide them with opportunities to learn the information however it's not the goal necessarily sometimes our goal is a standard where we're organizing or we're putting together the kids into thinking on a different level interpreting sources yes. and so many different things and the content the, the hurdle here lies in the fact that the content is what the teacher really enjoys Yes. As when last time we met, we were talking about what we should be reading with regards to the standard-based learning book. Right. And I said, well, I came across the lie in the library, a book about the Baltimore plot and Abraham Lincoln. And I've been reading that book <laughs> and because I, we love content. Right. We absolutely love content. But as social studies teachers, mm -hmm. I think sometimes we forget it's social studies. We call ourselves American history teachers, mm -hmm. but social studies is so much more than just American history. And when we break down those standards, we see that, again, the content is the vehicle. As we head into point number three, Mrs. Gillespie, Danielle, I got to stop saying Mrs. Gillespie. We're doing it. And that's what we do. It's how our uh, lives go. Danielle and I really enjoyed Jeff Flygar's information about his message to teachers who are facing the change to standard-based learning. He was a 20-year educator. Like and us. made the switch, yes. Like us. Like us. So I feel like so, I feel like we can do this. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we can do this because he's saying that he did it and it's something that he finds made a major impact in his classroom because kids are now more involved and committed into their own learning. So they're buying into this and knowing that this is my starting point, this is where I wanna go, and this is how I'm gonna get that there. And the book is gonna go into all of that to help students understand to that movement and that paradigm shift. Ooh, nice. Thank you. Paradigm shift. That's a master's degree master's statement degree. right there. there. Thank you. And it's, yeah. not, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be American history or English or, or math, science, right. any, any subject in, the, in a school. When students understand the purpose behind what they're learning, they're going to be more involved. And I think that's as adults. And we understand why we're being asked to do something in our place of employment. We're going to be more mm -hmm. involved if we can buy into it. For sure. Um, he also mentioned that the focus of students went off of grades and onto learning. And we both have talked about how when we were in school, what do I have to do to get the A? Mm -hmm. We've asked that question to students that have they ever gotten an A in class and not remembered or learned anything in that class? And I think every hand goes up. Every hand goes up. <laughs> so, every and, hand goes up. And we up. can all relate to that. Right. Everybody, every adult has been in a class and just wanted to get through and get that grade. And what excites me about 
what was has been, has been discussed in just the first few pages of the introduction is if the focus can go off the grades and onto the learning, the grades will take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And those students will still earn that grade that they want and their parents want and their family wants to embrace that good grade. But the learning will be more intentional. Well, and I think, too, that when students begin to accept the responsibility for their own learning, which is one of the things that Mr. Flygar says is um, that that they're going to take on this responsibility. You're not going to hear at the end of the, the test, well, the teacher didn't teach me any of this stuff when they go to take that or the end of the school year or any of that. We're going to see the kids knowing that they have been part of the learning process and that they had ownership in it. And so that this responsibility not only falls on that educator for providing them the opportunities, but also then the student themselves has to take responsibility in learning to make continue to make progress and growth. And we're showing them where the finish line is. I, and I'm very excited about that, that there's never this floating finish line for kids. It's here it is. This is where we're going. And once you get here, then guess what? We'll give you a new challenge to continue your growth past, even if it's grade level standards. The floating finish line. I am going to steal that. That's the Coach Sikosh. Your ceiling becomes your new floor. That mm -hmm. whole same concept and idea that we're continuing to grow. And as educators, to close out this point, it takes time. Oh my we, goodness, yes. We can't, I know that Danielle and I have had this conversation and for those who are listening in the audience, we can't say at the end of September, this isn't working. We have to say after two years, what can we continue to do to make this work? Well, and, and that after was- After five years and however long we're, yeah. you're always growing and progressing, right? That was one of the things that was mentioned in the the- forward here is that they've been talking about standard-based grading and standard-based learning for 30 years. 30 years. Back in the early 1990s, they started having this conversation about it. And I've been teaching since 2001. You've been teaching since 2000. Just now, in the last couple of years, we've been hearing about it in the professional level for us. I know for a fact when I sat in high school classes that there was no teachers in my high school that were even thinking about or considering teaching with a standard-based lesson or learning or grade card at the forefront of the decisions that they were making. And there's some natural obstacles to that. And we're actually going to get into some of those obstacles with our special guest today, Adam Knapsiger, and he is up next. We are back with special guest, Adam Knapsiger. Adam is a teacher for over a decade, I think 13 years now, he's been teaching at, at middle school math, and he is a cross country and track coach as well, and perhaps most famous for not only being a graduate from Miami of Ohio University, but scoring perfect on his math ACT. Welcome, Adam. How are you today? I'm doing great, Mr. Mills. Thank you for having me. So how's your summer? Oh, it's been pretty great. Um, this morning I was over at my sister's house hanging out with my nieces. Um, one of my nieces is sick right now, so she's been feeling a little under the weather and was calling for Uncle Adam this morning. Oh, nice. So I popped, popped right in my car, sped right on over. <laughs> what a good, what a good uncle, and I hope you pick some Taco Bell up on the way home. No, my sister won't let me feed the nieces Taco Bell yet. So <laughs> Yet? The key word is yet there. Did, did, she, did she give you a timeline when you could feed them Taco Bell? 
No, well, my sister is a very uh, healthy eater um, compared to what I typically eat. So it'll probably be a while. I haven't gotten any official word on when that would be allowed, but for those of you, those of you who don't know Mr. Nafsinger or us from school, uh, Mr. Nafsinger, Adam Nafsinger is quite the Taco Bell fan. Uh, he actually loves food and has his own food review Instagram. Is it Naffy Food Review or what? Naffy Food Review, yes. Yes, Naffy Food Review on Instagram, where he um, often rates the school lunches at yes. our, our our middle school. Um, we have an incredible cafeteria staff. We do that makes wonderful lunches every day, and there's lots of pictures. So. Feel free to go out and check out Naffy Food Review on Instagram after listening to this podcast to see Mr. Nafsinger's um, fantastic food reviews. And, and he, his true love is Taco Bell. So we, we talk with him and kind of giggle with him about Taco Bell because it is a straight up focus for him. I did yes. eat a Taco Bell with Adam once. Was it scary? Um, I my stomach was uncomfortable for a few days. I don't. It's the only time I've eaten Taco Bell in probably twenty years. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jared did say he enjoyed it, though. I, I did. Delicious. I feel like Taco Bell should sponsor this segment of <laughs> our podcast Perhaps. right now. They should. Well, Adam, we are talking standard based learning, and Danielle and I are looking to. An, really make a push for this in our classroom in the 2021-2022 school year. We've been progressing this direction for the last few years, and we want to make a real intentional push for this year. So we did have a few questions for you. And we'll start with what was your experience as a student and your experience as a teacher with standard-based learning? Uh, well, I can remember that back when I was in elementary school, uh, we had a standards-based grade card. Mm -hmm. um, where each of our standards, um, I think we would get a, a number rating between one and four for each standard mm -hmm. that kind of describe where we were at and towards uh, meeting those standards. Um, but then I also remember, I think it was when I was in fourth grade, um, it was either me or my parents asked my fourth grade teacher in a uh, parent-teacher conference about um, – what would the standards-based grade card like? What would what would my letter grade be if if they were to take their standards-based grade card and translate it into a letter grade? Because I think that's you know in America that's what we're all used to. What's been done for as the norm for a long time is you know the grading scale of um, A, B, C, D, and F. Um, so even in elementary school, my young mind was all being already being trained and and influenced towards. Um, that letter grade and, and away from the standards grade based uh, learning. So um, that was my experience as a, as a student. That was the only time in my whole, I think, student career that I had standards based was in elementary school. After that, everything became um, letter grade again. How do, um, you, how do you think standard based learning may have impacted your high school career? If you could have had that. Yeah, if you would have had it, yeah. Oh, if I would have had that. Um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I was already, or I've always get, been, I guess, a, um, a pretty motivated learner. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, like, so for example, anytime we would have to do a project in high school, you're typically given a rubric and everything. And, and I guess I would always kind of like treat the rubrics almost like, like a standards-based learning. 
um, in terms of it would tell me exactly like here's the um, standard you want to meet, here's what we're looking for in this project, um, what we want you to communicate and express to us uh, through this project. So um, even though the assignment of grades has always been very much letter grade based, um, there are like lots of examples, I think, of where uh, standards based learning um, shows up even in those kinds of situations. Yeah, no, I agree. So what what are some roadblocks that we should consider when implementing standard based grading with our middle school students specifically, because that's what we teach, and then specifically in mathematics, since you are a math teacher? Uh, so in, in terms of implementing uh, standards uh, based learning in middle school. Um, Can I, hold on one second. Just because I love this question, but I think we need to give our listeners just an idea. You haven't been doing the reading that we have, and this isn't necessarily what you're doing in your classroom. Um, our no. question here with this, what are some roadblocks? We just want to hear what you think as a regular teacher who's not look, that hasn't been doing the research that Jared and I have been, that those automatic roadblocks that come up in your brain that you're like, well, yeah. this is what's going to get in my way. So what do you think some of those are before we go into even mathematics? I apologize for interrupting there. No, no, no problem. Um, like I would say specifically just in general um, that standards-based learning is probably going to be something that's unfamiliar, um, not just to the students, but um, probably to the parents as well. Yeah. Um, I know that I've uh, made changes uh, to kind of the structure of my classroom in the past that um, is not a typical thing where I've done a flipped classroom and that's sometimes not always um, accepted right at the start of the school year when I when I describe it to students some students will tell me very early on that they don't like this new way that they prefer the old way um, but after a while you know sometimes when you give things a chance you end up being pleasantly surprised and I have um, a lot of students who end up by the end of the year saying that they love the flip classroom and wish they could stick with that. So, um, you know, middle school is a time where there are so many things changing in life and so many things you're worried about. And I would, I would expect that um, a new kind of grading or standards based learning would um, probably be a little bit stressful for some students at first. And uh, for parents would um, probably have a lot of questions about it. So I think that would be probably the biggest roadblock in general, I would think. Um, in terms of specifically for mathematics, I think standards-based learning, we really uh, implement some concepts from standards-based learning by the fact that um, in every unit for eighth grade math, we um, always focus on a, a set of um, I can statements as we go through the uh, unit. So those I can statements are, are really meant to be kind of a standards-based learning concept that tells you, hey, by the end of this unit or by the end of this lesson, um, you should be able to do um, these one or two things um, that are based on, you know, that's a standard that we're trying to get you to hit. We don't necessarily grade that way, uh, but we've organized um, some of our tests and our quizzes in terms of uh, like this section is this standard, this section is this standard. Um, so that does in, in some ways use the standards-based learning concept in a math classroom, mm -hmm. um, but we don't necessarily uh, grade that way. 
which and that's one yeah. of the things that we're finding in our social studies classroom also is that we set up all of these these things for the standard based learning but we're not meeting we're not it's not going over to the grading and that we're having a hard yes. time communicating exactly what the students are learning just through an a b c or d um yes type of yes. grade because they could be doing great on one part of those standards and making so much progress there but some of the other standards they're not making that progress but they're still getting a decent grade in our classes so this is one of the reasons we want to move this way and i'm glad you uh, made that delineation yeah. because the book in our research discusses that there's a clear difference between standard standards-based learning and standards-based grading. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we're continuing to delve into as well. Okay, yeah. So uh, we're gonna close out with you with one more question, Adam. Are you ready? Oh, oh boy, okay. Okay, so you are in the Liberty Middle School cafeteria. Yes. You can choose one food. <sighs> this is a big gonna... question. I mean, obvious choice would be the Gillespie special, grilled cheese and tomato soup. Oh, gosh, yes. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what, um, but what about, what about the Adam Nafziger? What, what are you choosing? If I wanted to give an out of left field response, I'll tell you the, the school lunch meal that started the whole Nappy food review craze was the Philly cheesesteak. Oh, yeah. One year I had the Philly cheesesteak for lunch in school just just kind of randomly, I was hungry that day. I decided to go down and get that for lunch in the cafeteria. And I was blown away with how good it was. <laughs> and that led to the first Naffy Food Review, and then it continued to grow after that. And the rest is history. The rest yeah, is history. Well, I know you look forward to getting back to school in August, just like we do. But we will, Absolutely. We will endure the summer. We'll get through it. Somebody's yeah. got to. Yeah. Might as well be us. So, Adam, I, I know we will be in touch. So thank you for your time today on the Setting the Standard podcast. Thank you very thank you much. For having me. Thank you, Adam. Uh -huh. Thank you for listening to episode two of Setting the Standard. We can be reached at settingthestandardpodcast at gmail.com. For episode three, we're going to discuss planning instruction within a standard-based learning environment. But until next time, I'm Jared Mills. And I'm Danielle Gillespie. Make it a great day or not, the choice is yours. Shout out to Mr. Moshe for that one.